0: On to thee, O Lord, do I lift up my Jesus is
1: Lord, any more kids want to come on down let's go come on we got we'll wait for you if there is anybody here uh tonight that did not have the opportunity to protect the lord's supper this morning uh, if you'll go ahead and make your way back to the little chapel, uh, somebody will serve you at that time. All right, books of the Bible, y'all ready?
0: Jesus, as Jesus, as Jesus, Jesus, David, Joshua, Job, His Ruth, 1, 2, 2, 2, 1, 2, 2, 3,
1: 2, 3, 3, 2, 3, 3, 4, 2, 3, 4, 2,
0: me this I yes. <laughs>
1: Helps me to rejoice, God, when times are tough. Proverbs 3... <clears throat> All right. We are glad everybody is here tonight. We especially are uh, thankful for our guest. If you are a guest of ours tonight, we appreciate very much that you're here. And uh, if you won't rush off too quick, we would love the opportunity to be able to express to you our appreciation uh, for coming tonight. There's just one announcement that I want to make tonight, the Golden Circle. We're going to be eating breakfast uh, in the morning at the pit stop, and the bus will leave at 8.30. Uh, if you are 55 years of age and over and have a free morning tomorrow morning, we'd love for you to come and eat with us. Uh, you will really enjoy the food as well as the company. So uh, plan to be here at 8.30 if you're a part of the Golden Circle. All right, we're going to close tonight with a prayer. Following that prayer. We're going to have one verse of a song so the teachers can make their way to class and then how are y'all going to go to class? Y'all are going to walk to class. That's good. And I will say all adults, please remember we're meeting in the auditorium for our uh, continued class on leadership. Will you bow with me, please? Our merciful and Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for everything you do for us. This week of Thanksgiving has been Beneficial for so many reasons, but Father, may we be the kind of people that express and live our thanks before you uh, every day of the year. But we do appreciate so much the bounty that you give us on a daily basis. We're thankful for health and strength, food and clothing and shelter. Most of all, we are grateful for spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. Father, we are mindful of those that are sick there are many that we think about i think particularly about sister one l thompson who is in the hospital at this time we pray that you'll be with the doctors and nurses that are helping her and treating her so that she can be able to go home very soon and be with all others that are sick father you know who they are and we pray that uh, those things that are being done for them will be done so that good results will take place father again we express our our thoughts on those that have lost loved ones. We pray that you would be with each of those this time of the year. It's very difficult for many, many people, uh, and we pray that you would be with each of them. Father, continue to bless the church here at Boonville. We're so thankful that uh, we have the blessing of being a part of such a wonderful family of God, and may you continue to bless this church, bless its leaders, give them wisdom, and may we continue to be a shining light in this community. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way with a soul.
2: mother, has terminal cancer. Martha Eaton's recovering with her foot surgery. Seems to be doing great. She's been down a couple weeks with some kind of respiratory problem. Austin Wentz is undergoing a long and difficult series of treatments for cancer. Ian Stevens has chronic illness. So does Don Dawson. Wade Davis is still missing since June the 22nd. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering at home. Bobby Petty is Joe Garrett's friend, has lung cancer. Doug Smith's dad, Kelby, has Parkinson's and just accompanying illnesses along the way. Cody McGee's recovering from his foot surgery from a couple months ago. Vanessa Williams has leukemia. She's a member at Snowdown. Eric Fitzsimmons had been doing well and went back to work for a while, but he's had a setback. He'll be going to Vanderbilt soon for additional tests. Chopper was here today, this morning. He was also here last Sunday, and he's still in a lot of pain, had an MRI done, went back to the doctor. They hadn't yet sent those off. It's frustrating, isn't it? So he's hoping to here something about his condition very soon larry kennedy is becky johnson's brother-in-law he's been undergoing some tests cassie stewart broke her elbow some time ago but she's been experiencing a lot of pain danny ramdahl is our missionary one of our missionaries in guyana he has stage four kidney failure cheryl hoffman's being treated for spinal pain marilyn jones had hip surgery back on the night she's doing Well, I understand. Linda Beard had knee replacement surgery back on November the 2nd. She's still recovering, but has had some swelling on her knee. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rawlison has brain cancer. That's Joe Garrett's friend. Joyce Morris fell, and there she is. You good? Good. You want me to take you off here and then? Yeah. Okay. So. We'll pray in Thanksgiving that you're doing well. And then I'll take you off the list. You'll be free. Okay. Uh, Caitlin, uh, any news about her sepsis? Where, where is Laura? She was here at a second. She has vanished. Anybody know about her friend's condition? Okay. Uh, Bob Floyd was in the hospital. Uh, how's Bob doing? Hey,
0: sir. Okay, that's that's great.
2: Uh, Reed Sparks is the one we talked about, had lost a leg before, lost another leg. Uh, Lex Croson, Croson has several health issues. We mentioned this morning about Wynnell and, and just mentioned again, uh, she has a bad respiratory infection. That's involved a hospital visit. Um, Amanda Snyder, I mentioned this morning, she was at the critical care up there uh, at Magnolia, they uh, determined that she had some kind of cramping going on intestinally. I don't know what that means, but they gave her something that helped that, a spasm. So, I don't know, we're looking at our gallbladder now, you know, being the professional doctors that we are. And Google will help you really make those decisions. But anyway, uh, she was well enough, they, they went back home. So, we're glad. Glad that she's feeling better. Um, I put this down here. You might be interested in looking at this. Um, Paul Gerber, who he's actually been here and spoken for us. He works in South Africa, but they are weekly having Zoom meetings, and you can tune into that if you want to. He's doing a class on Tuesday night uh, dealing with Calvinism, just talking about the tenets of Calvinism. If, If you'd like to tune into that, here's your information, the ID code and the pass that you need to get on that might be worth a look. And I'm sure they would appreciate your attending that. And then I just want to remind you next Sunday, that's December 4th, right? Next Sunday, Uh, we're having an open house. So we're feverishly, yeah, bring your uh, brooms, and such, you know, cleaning stuff and cl- come help us clean it up and then you can enjoy how clean it is. Uh, but we're going to do our best here to try and get that straightened up. Uh, we were away visiting family this past week, so we are, we are road weary. So when I say they're all gone and I smile about it, if you don't know what I mean, then peace. <laughs> but love the headlights and love the taillights. Okay, don't mean that in a bad way, internet family, just reality. Okay, let's have anybody uh, you would like to add? Yes. Eddie, Eddie?
3: Betty. Betty.
0: That's like the most
2: excruciating thing to go through broken ribs. Betty Lauderdale. Um, uh, um, Marilyn? My sister, Pat, she's been having a lot of stomach pain and
0: a lot, a whole lot of weight loss, and they found a couple of lesions on her panties. And so they're in the process.
2: Um, oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. What's Pat's last name? Yes. Uh, so we've been away since that. Some of you may be saw it on Facebook, but Anita's test results. Came back negative, so we're thank you for thank you for praying for her. And how many of you praying did we need for that result? And it might have been yours. It might have been your prayer. So thank you. Was this table uh, okay? Uh, who are we pointing at? Okay,
0: yes, May Dean.
3: Who? Oh, really? Oh, okay.
2: She didn't break anything, I hope. Okay. A general public service announcement. Do not fall. Do not fall, please. Bob, you had your hand up. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, got it. Yes. Tommy Presley. He's been diagnosed with leukemia. All right. Okay, we're going to pray for these. And I know there are probably others and you just be, you mentioned them in your prayer too, okay? Let's bow. Our Father, thank you for the privilege it is to be here tonight and to study together from your word and just to think together as a body about folks that we know of that are sick. And we're praying, Father, that you'll bless them with good health, that things could turn around with them uh, sooner than later. We pray, Lord, for, especially for our members, we just we just miss them, and we miss seeing them here. Pray for uh, Irene Baker, that she'll have good days with her family. Bless Martha Eaton, that she can recover and be back with us again real soon. Pray for Austin Wentz and the treatments he's enduring, that you'll give him strength. We pray your blessings on Ann Stevens' and Don Dawson, both of which are dealing with chronic health issues. We pray for the Davis family, for their comfort, especially during this time of year. It's hard for us to imagine what they might actually be going through emotionally. We just pray you'll lift them up. Pray for Carolyn Wilcutt and her recovery, that she can be back with us soon. Bless Bobby Petty as he is battling lung cancer. We pray for Kelby Smith, that he'll have good days. We pray for Cody McGee in his recovery. Bless Vanessa Williams as she battles this leukemia. We pray for Eric Fitzsimmons, who now has had additional problems. We just pray, Lord, that a treatment can be found that's going to help him in his recovery. Bless Chopper Taylor that he can soon be free from this anguish that he's been enduring. We pray the doctors will discover a simple fix for the problems he's experienced. Bless Larry Kennedy and his treatment. Bless Cassie Stewart that she'll feel better soon. Pray for Danny Ramdahl and his treatment. Bless Cheryl Hoffman that she can find relief from her pain. We pray that Marilyn... Jones will have a full recovery from her surgery. Bless Linda Beard that she also will get better, that the inflammation will go down, swelling, and that she'll be able to walk and be with us real soon. We pray for Van Roberts in battle with pancreatic cancer. Bless Paul Rawlison, who has brain cancer. We thank you, Father, that Joyce is better and we thank you that she have uh, it has not sustained long-term injuries, and we just pray that you'll keep her safe in her recovery Bless uh, Laura Crocker's friend that she'll be free of her infection Bless Bob Floyd that he'll have a full recovery from his recent sickness We pray for Reed Sparks, who's lost his legs We, we pray that there can be some kind of adjustment for him Bless uh, Rex Crosson who has a lot of health issues we pray your blessings on Wanell that she can be out of the hospital soon back home. We pray for Amanda that uh, her problems aren't long-term and pray it was just um, a temporary uh, event that she experienced. We pray for Betty Lauderdale who fell and uh, in the breaking of these ribs, you know that's a painful situation, we just pray relief for her. We pray for Pat Cooper Uh, who's having uh, problems with her abdomen and possible uh, pancreas involvement. We pray the tests won't reveal anything too serious. We're thankful, though, and we rejoice in Anita's test results, and we pray that she'll continue to enjoy good health. Bless Dorothy Hester as she fell and was bruised up, and we're thankful that her injuries weren't more serious, but... That's serious enough, and we just pray that she'll recover and feel well, be back with us soon. pray for Norma that just really has poor health, and we just pray that as she's experiencing a hard time right now that uh, she can be lifted up, and uh, bless Joan and Martha that they can be an encouragement to her. Also pray for Tony Presley, who has leukemia. We pray that uh, his treatment will be sufficient to arrest his condition, certainly just to to put it in remission. I thank you for this time that we have together, that we can study your word and to think about leadership, in particular in the church, and help us to make good assessments about ourselves, be leaders in our own right, to the degree that we're a good influence for your cause and for those who are among us who qualify to be leaders in this church as elders and deacons. We just pray, Lord, that you'll inspire within them the desire to serve and an understanding of why they should prepare themselves for that role of leadership in a very special time in history. Thank you for the blessing of all that. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In regard to these who are sick. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, appreciate Doug uh, giving the lesson last week, dealing with 1 Timothy 3 and verse 1, the desire aspect, uh, in particular, that text of being a bishop, but certainly in terms of leadership and in that role itself. Desire is absolutely necessary, and the design of that was to, in inspire a desire. Oftentimes that's the thing. There are people who are qualified otherwise, but just for whatever reason don't have a desire. I don't know if it's just a fear of the role or the weight of responsibility, but what I'm trying to do here in these first few lessons is to inspire and develop that desire and to to suggest to you that if you will have the desire, then a lot of these other things can be projects in your life that if you aren't where you need to be yet, I'm hoping to put you on the right path to leadership in the Lord's church. Now, two weeks ago, we began a discussion in answering the question of why it is in the world I would want to prepare myself to lead. And we looked at, at two things together and there are five altogether. And so we're gonna finish the, this list. I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty neat that we had a sandwich here. So we begin by setting preparation. We punch the idea and the important role of desire. And now I'm gonna hit you again with the reasons why it is that you should want to prepare yourself to lead. So we began last time by talking about just the simple cause itself, the greatest cause that the world has ever seen, the cause of Jesus Christ, the salvation of men's souls, the cause needs for you to lead. You bring that along and you realize, well, the cause, that's, you know, that's a a big chunk right there. I mean, you're talking about a, 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 a huge work but let's, let's bring that down to right here. Let's talk about the local work itself. The work that we're involved in, you and I right here in Boonville, that work needs for you to take up the mantle of leadership. And we talked about leadership in terms of being a servant. That's how Jesus described it continually. In fact, there are very few statements regarding actual leadership but rather the emphasis is often on the idea of serving others. So what we're talking biblically about is servant leadership. Okay, so the three things that I want to talk with you tonight have to do with an extension of even those thoughts. Because you and I, we want to reach the lost. That's our world. And I'm going to tell you that the lost need for you to lead. And again, I'm going to use my very best penmanship here. I, I, I guess I'm going to print it. The lost need you to lead. How would you like to have a cool million dollars? Yes. I'd love it. What would I do with that? I don't know. But let's say that there were some folks who were in need of help. And your particular skill set was what was needed in order to help them. I mean, they are in dire straits. And so an offer is given that if anyone with the right skill set, by the way, you have it, anyone with the right skill set, who will go through the right kind of training and save these people from their dire circumstances will receive a million dollars. Now you may be saying, well, I'm too old to do that. Did you hear about the qualifications? We're going to use whatever skill sets you've got. You qualify. So you can have the million dollars. So I'm going to use myself as an example, since I'm, you know, I, I could use it. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to go get the training. I'm going to go do the job. And then I'm going to get paid.
0: Yes,
2: a million dollars. Now, you know, word gets out about this, right? It always does. This special deal that's going on. And so they do an interview. And the question that they are going to ask you is, why? Why did you undertake this dangerous mission? Was it because you would get a million dollars? Now, what's the nice thing to say? Why, of course not. What do you take me for? I'm not taking it for the money. I did it because I wanted to do what? I wanted to help someone. They were in dire straits. You had the perfect skill set. You get a million dollars for helping them. I just wanted to help somebody. Okay. Well, guess what? Do you see where this is going? Now, we have a new reader for tonight. He's going to read for us John chapter 8, verse 21 through 24. Then he's going to follow that up very quickly with Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. I think that looks good. It's good penmanship. Okay, go ahead.
3: Jesus said to them, I'm going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins.
2: Okay, while he's running over to Ephesians 2.12, you notice some negatives in this text? Are there some people in peril in this world? Yes, here are the words, die, you can't come. You're from below, you're of the world. You are going to die in your sins. Here is what I'm about to tell you. That there is a prize for the faithful Christian that is way better than a million dollars. Because what will happen with a million dollars? Thank you for saying perish. I thought somebody was going to say, well, I'll spend that. That's okay. But it's going to be gone, right? And then the stuff you spend it on eventually is going to be in the dump somewhere. I don't care how well it's taken care of. If it's a material thing, it's going to be gone. You have something based on the particular skill set that you have. If you will apply it to seeing that these people who are now in sin and of the world and are going to die on their sins, if you could just exert whatever skill set that you have, however great or small, to see that they are saved, guess what the payment is? Well, not in your sins. That's right. Salvation, eternity. Okay, what does Ephesians two twelve tell us?
3: That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world.
2: What about that? That sound good? A lot of bad stuff there too. Without Christ, strangers from the commonwealth of Israel, having no hope. And without, on the outside of God in the world. Verse 13 says that I can have that reconciled by what element? The blood of Christ. You can be, with whatever skill set it is that you have, you can be. The means by which someone who is in peril can absolutely be saved. You can do that. And you alone, in some circumstances, there might not be anybody else in the world that can reach them. You may have the unique ability to lead someone to Jesus Christ. I am telling you that the lost need for you to lead. Number four, this generation needs you to lead. This generation, okay? Let's think about this for just a moment. The church. The church today is facing a very large, enormous, unprecedented Challenge. Let's think about our challenges. Now, you might want to start with, I don't know, what about the assault, you know, on the truth? Or our holding on to doctrine, all that. Listen, I'm just going to... I'm going to give us a mulligan for a second. I'm going to give us a little bit of pass. I'm going to say that, at least for the time being and at least so far as I'm here, we're gonna hold on to the truth. Can we do that? Let's do that. So for the foreseeable future, no matter what's happening out there, we are going to hold on to the truth. Yes, can we do that? So in terms of all of us leading, we'll say, Ken, we got that, we're hanging on the truth. Okay, peace, I'll give us that. But do you know that out there in the world, we're still facing challenges. How about this, there are over eight billion people in the world, eight billion, most of which need salvation. They need to hear about Jesus. But at the same time, we're living in a world where there is mass communication. That is one little person can now speak to millions and millions and millions of people through the technological advances that exist. Case in point, I gave you the tools by which you could on Tuesday night, go be a part of a Zoom Bible class that is actually being conducted in South Africa. Do you know where that is on the globe? That's like the southernmost part, the tip of Africa. That's coming from the Cape Town area. It's on the Cape, the very bottom down there. That's a long, it it takes days to fly. I've done it. It takes forever to get there and forever to get back. But on Tuesday, Technology will allow you in your home to be a part of a live broadcast. Now I do these a lot and turns out that in that broadcast, you you can communicate in in real time. You're able even over that distance to communicate. That blows my mind. In fact, that is relatively new technology. It became very popular during the COVID years But that technology is amazing. Used to be when you go around the world like that, you had to use a telephone connection that was well nigh to, I don't know, um, a walkie-talkie. You talk, you say, over. You wait for the reply, they speak, over. And it cost a fortune, now for basically free. You can communicate with people clear on the other side of the world. That's incredible technology. On the basis of that technology, we could potentially reach the whole world. The question is, who, who, who is going to lead us into the future and how to take that technology right there, that mass communication, the technological advances that we don't even know about right now, who is going to help us, who is going to lead us into the future so that we can use these things in order to reach those 8 billion people? I mean, isn't that what we want to do? If we want to reach 8 billion... What amazes me is we, we keep seeing... And, and uh, Doug had a little uh, uh, devotional the other night where he was kind of basing it on the ticker of people being born. But isn't amazing that we live in a time where the world has never had more people, but you're constantly hearing about how the world has been made smaller. How has it been made smaller? Through technology question who is it in this congregation that's going to be able to step up and lead us into the future regarding technology because this generation needs for us to reach it yes and i ask you this before you start thinking about who it is that you know that could do it i want you to ask yourself why is it that i can't do it why NO!
3: Okay, somebody,
2: one person, because they come in bags of one, one person took a bag, it might have been you, and gave it to somebody, and it's ended up in the state of Maryland. Uh, Just, who knows what your effort is going to do. What I'm asking,
3: (laughs) yeah, the state of
2: Maryland, well, not the state of mind of Maryland, but the the actual state of Maryland. Okay, would you read Esther? Chapter 4 and verse 14 for us. You probably know this text, but read the whole verse because it's powerful. Mordecai talking to Esther about what she is about to do. Quote, unquote, risking her life. Go ahead. Standing up for her people.
3: For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such time as this. Okay, here's the thing. Who knows why you're
2: here today? Who knows knows why you've come to the kingdom? Maybe it's for what? Maybe it's for such a time as this, this incredible time where we have the, we potentially have the means by which we could reach the whole world. Who knows whether God planted you here at Boonville with whatever skill set it is that maybe you've just kind of been hiding, just been sitting on it, that God can use in order to reach this. Who knows? Because if you have that but you won't use it, what will God do?
0: Somebody
2: else use it. Yeah, here's the thing. If you decide you're not going to do it, that's okay. God's going to get it done. God's going to use somebody to do it. However, it would be better, preferable, for you to rise up and do it. Because if you will do that, then you will have reached a potential that is going to please the Lord. Because see, number five, it is the Lord who needs for you to lead. In fact, let me back up from that. I say he needs for you to, to lead. Here's what actually he expects you to lead. Okay, the Lord has made some in tremendous investments in you. Maybe, I, I, I know we have a lot of teachers here, so... The Lord has invested in you the skill, the ability to teach. I know that some of you, the Lord has invested in you the education that made it possible for you, I don't know, to be some kind of administrator in our schools. Now, think about that. You are a leader in an educational system. Well, what is one of the hallmarks of the church? Education, isn't that a big part of it? Aren't we trying to learn God's will? In order to learn that, what do we have to do? Study the Bible. We have to teach it competently, faithful transference of knowledge from one person to another. Uh, there are people in this congregation that have been professionally trained in order to teach. Now. Hey, peace, I've heard it before. Somebody says, look, Ken, I teach all week. When I come to church, I just need to relax. Okay, peace, if that's how you feel about it. But here's just what I'm, just ask yourself, why did I get, why did, why did I get trained for that? Is it just so I can make a living? Or is God expecting something out of me with this skill set that I have? I know that there's some people who've been professionally trained in finances or in the technology fields. I, I've got a son-in-law who is a software engineer, works for the FBI of all places. Those are skill sets that I, I don't have, but these are things that can lead us to other places. Okay, Cameron, with the skill and ability to read and speak, will you please read Matthew chapter 25, mm-hmm. verses 14 to 30?
3: Again it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money there. After a long time, the master of the, ch- of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and fa- thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one bag of gold came, master. He said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put your money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags, for wherever he has been given more, and that they will have abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have have, will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay,
2: thank you, Cameron. Who gave you the skill that you have? God did. Whoa. Who gave you the skill? I got my own skill. Can I just Whoa? Who gave you the skills that you have? God did. You may have gone to school and had those gifts nurtured nurtured and wonderful. You should do that. I don't know why JT isn't some kind of math instructor somewhere or have been a mathematical professor or been in the banking system, because I'm gonna tell you something, when you start throwing around numbers, he can just calculate the stuff in his head. I'm, I'm always amazed at that, just, just like that. Some people just have innate skills. You learn sometimes what your skill is and then you, you go to school to try and cultivate that, to make it better, great. But in the end, who is responsible for what it is that you can do? Even when you uncover something you didn't know you could do before, who put that in you? God did. God has given you the skills that you have. If you go and you cultivate them and you make them better, that's wonderful because that's what he expected for you to do. So this parable, you have five. Who gave those to you? God did, you have two who gave them. God did, you have one who gave it. One, eh, but one doesn't matter. To God, is one just as important as five? Turns out, it absolutely is. And if I don't use even that one talent, which I might in my own personal estimation say, is not worth anything? If I don't cultivate that talent to God's glory, then what is he gonna do to me? Yeah, we don't want to say it, but this is the truth. God will take that away from us. I need a volunteer because I want to show something to you about leadership. Leadership is not bossing people around. Leadership is what we've been talking about here tonight, showing people the way. Boy, I'm having a hard time with leadership. Do I have a volunteer? Anybody want to volunteer? I'm not going to have you jump rope or anything. Luther will you help me? Thank you, Luther. Thank you so much. Okay, what I would like for you to do is hold the end of this rope, hold that, and let's keep it taut, okay? Now, I want you keeping it taut like this, a straight line. I want you pushing on that rope to guide me to the other side. Just lead me to the other side, pushing that rope. Okay, go. No, no, start again. Keep it straight and push me all... I'm ready. Push me all the way over. Push. Go ahead. Does that work? Just pushing people? Will that lead them anywhere? No. Okay, now. Lead me to the other side by pulling me... Okay, here we go. Wait. Okay. Thank you, Luther. You get that? That's kind of silly illustration, but... Doesn't that work? You're not going to push anybody to success... Leadership is showing people the way. Now, I'm going I'm to tell you right now that Jesus says, just at this juncture, I'm not talking about you being an elder or a deacon or anything like that, but I'm telling you, Jesus sees in you the leadership potential. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, 13 and following, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, it's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know why it is that God wants you to use whatever talent it is to his glory? Because that's going to accomplish his will in our time. You may not be an elder or a deacon in this church, but you are a leader. On the basis of the leadership potential that you have, especially among our men, we're looking for those two things. We want to find our elders and our deacons to lead us, not push us, but to lead us into a future where, and and you know what, maybe you don't know me that well, but I I absolutely believe that if you and I put our minds and our hearts and our resources to it, I, I believe this as much as I believe I exist right now, that if we used all of our capability to its fullest, that those eight billion people right there, we, right here at Boonville, we could reach them. Now that's the vision I have. Can you catch that vision? Because if you will use the resource that you have, whether it's one or five or a thousand, if we will use it, And be that salt and be that light in this world. We are going to win this world for Jesus. Let's have a prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Our Father, thank you for the privilege of being a part of your plan. I pray, Lord, that we will not squander our talents, our abilities, our resources in any way. But that we will use them to the very fullest And that we will be able to accomplish great things for you. Lord, we are looking among us for leaders. And as we've just discovered, all of us are leaders to one degree or another. But Lord, I also pray that you will help the the cream to rise to the top. And that we'll be able to find amongst us those men who will be able to lead us into a Victorious future for your church right here in this city. Help us to use every resource at our disposal to make that possible. We know it's possible because if you're in it, we're going to win. So thank you for the privilege to serve and to lead. And touch our hearts with a great yearning desire to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.